0: Oh, the dreaded friend zone. Or more relatively known as that tension that occurs between men and women friends. You know, the friend zone is, according to a lot of people, the reason why men and women cannot be friends. The hit show Friends invented this term. It was back in an episode, one of the early seasons, when Joy was talking to Ross about how Rachel likes Ross, but he doesn't like like him. So therefore, Ross is in the friend zone, as he would say. Why
1: not? (laughs) Because you waited too long to make your move and now you're in the friend zone.
2: (laughs) No, no, no. I'm not in the zone.
0: Oh,
1: Ross, you're mayor of the zone.
0: (laughs) Well, as you know, and I hope this is not a spoiler for friends, Ross and Rachel do end up getting together. Many times over, actually. And you can say by the end of the season and the end of the actual series that they're damn good friends, too. Yet, this idea still lingers. In fact, we've been talking about the relationship between men and female friends for a long time. I mean, it was the basis of the movie When Harry Met Sally. That was a good five years before this episode aired in Friends. And I'm sure this has been talked about before in pop culture. I I don't have any specific references to it, but I'm sure it's there. The issue is that that lesson in those movies, and in fact, of society, is that men and women are so attracted to each other that they can't be friends. This is weird, right? We see men and women be friends all the time. Yet every time there's a connection between men and women, there tends to be this whole, hmm, could they date? Are they in a relationship together? What's going on? So today, I'm going to give you a small treat. I'm actually going to give you a listen to the last wolf pack we did here in Edmonton about the friend zone. And you get a chance to listen to the storytellers talk about the friend zone. And hopefully this will give you some ideas as to some discussion topics that we have available. And also I'll interject in the middle of it as well, too. Because this is something that still needs to be discussed. Because this is modern Madhood. Modern Manhood is brought to you by Next Gen Men and the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV. If you want to support Next Gen Men, empowering young men and helping to shape the future of inclusivity in our community, please go to patreon.com slash nextgenmen. Big shout-outs to Alexander Wedling and Chris Farley Radcliffe for going to the Patreon and donating what they could. We really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you so much. You can also go again to patreon.com slash nextgenmen and donate as much as you can. Uh, We really appreciate any support that you give us. So Wolfpack, basically, what happens is, again, it's a community conversation. It's not a men's group. Obviously, you see people from all gender here. Um, This is a conversation around a specific issue. So what we're going to do today is we're going to try to tackle the issue of I don't know if this is an issue, but it's an issue still of men and female relationships. Wolfpack is a community conversation around issues of masculinity that uh, Next Gen Men started a while back in Toronto, and then it spread out to Calgary, and then it spread out to Edmonton, and it's all over the nation right now. So um, this is something that you hopefully you'll see in your community, and please take in part of it if you can. But I wanted to give you kind of a sneak peek of what a Wolfpack sounds like. Um, So I got a chance to record the storytellers that were part of our last wolf pack, which was around the friend zone. Now, I have been lucky to host many wolf packs, and I thought it'd be amazing if we could see what it sounds like. So we had about 30 people there at Cartago here in Forest Heights in Edmonton, just on the edges of the wonderful River Valley in Edmonton. So what we're going to do today is we're going to try to tackle the issue of I don't know if this is an issue, but it's an issue still, of men and female relationships. Now, I wanna mention something right off the bat. This is kind of a heteronormative conversation. And in the sense that a lot of people think about men and female relationships to either sexual relationships or some sort of sexual tension, and that's kind of a heteronormative conversation. And I wanna say that straight from the front, that that's still something that we just got to keep top of mind, at the same time, it's still an issue that we still have to talk about. Because in regards to men and female relationships, there's a lot of these deep-seated um, issues that come around of it. And we've seen this, with it's not being dealt with, we've seen this kind of rise up into issues like um, incelship or MRAs or if you understand what Gamergate is, or if you understand what like, <laughs> like gate is, any type of thing where, where, where a lot of toxic masculinity comes out in regards to men, in regards to something around the friend zone, for example. And this is something that we mentioned around, right at the start was a friend zone. By the way, does anyone know where the friend zone started? Like the actual talk, like the actual name started? Yes. It was friends, right? Uh, That was back in the 90s. (laughs) So, this has been around with us for a long time. And this is something that we kind of want to try to break down and to figure out how men and women can be friends. Um, And we don't want to get into a toxic conversation, but at the same time, we still want to be able to unroot some of these things. So, what's going to happen today is we're going to have three speakers. We're going to have Mark Frederick right here. We're going to give him a round of applause. We're going to have Catherine McDonald over here. And right at the back of there, Jessica Sartesky. All three of them are going to speak about their experiences around male and female uh, friendships. And in those experiences, I would like you to please take out a look at your table and look at the people that are around you give them like a friendly hello, because you're gonna be talking to them. <laughs> uh, you're gonna be able to like, give them a handshake, but you, please, I want you to try to keep the conversation around this issue, and hopefully be able to try to unearth some things, because at the end of it, I wanna be able to talk about those issues that come out in those tables. So, and the last two things I wanna mention in regards to Wolfpack. Um, Men Edmonton and Next Men are pro-feminist organizations, it doesn't mean that you have to label yourself as a feminist, but we really don't tolerate anti-feminism here. So that's the main, one of the main caveats around Men Edmonton and Next Gen Men. The second main caveat is this is not a men's group. This is a community conversation. This is the start of something. This is the start of the spectrum. If you are interested in these kind of conversations and if something comes out um, that is a little bit overwhelming and maybe a little bit triggering for you, Please reach out to us because we, especially people in Manhattan, Manhattan people raise your hand. Um, they might know some resources. They might know some things for you to go um, and maybe be able to help you out. They're not therapists or not counselors, but they might know some people that. Uh, well, I mean, some people are, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but they might know some place for you to go. Um, and that's like the two main caveats. Keep yourself safe. Have some fun. Have some drinks. Have some laughs. Try to keep on topic and yeah that's about it so our first storyteller was mark frederick who spoke about the societal pressures about male and female friendships hope you enjoy
3: hello my name is mark i am one of two marks in Man edmonton I have to say and admit up front that I've never really had that big of a problem making friendships with women in a non-sexual platonic way. I never had a problem making female friends, really, um, because I never felt like I really fit in male spaces, generally, growing up. Um, I was raised by a single mom, so never really got any of those super, like, traditional male stereotype teachings, um, not from a parent, anyway. Uh, that does not include the teachings I got from culture, but I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, so I found like girls were more open talking about their emotions and being close. And these were all things that I was very, very comfortable with. Um, yeah, girls were more just more interested in having more than a surface level friendship uh, than most of the boys that I knew. Yeah, one of my best friends growing up was a girl. We had a really close relationship that many people assumed was romantic because of how close we were. To the point where, you know, like we could be physically close and it not really mean anything um, other than just being friends. Although, you know, we weren't, neither of us were immune to the influences of culture. We tried to date in junior high school. Like the end of elementary, junior high. Didn't really work for us. We're like, why, this is not, write, this kind of thing. So we went back to just being really good friends. Um, unfortunately, we've lost touch now as much older adults. But uh, it's, it was a really impactful friendship for me. And I think laid the foundation for my friendships later on in life. However, even I, uh, in the throes of hormones in high school... Uh, Things got complicated. You know, when I started feeling attraction to girls and wanting to be friends with girls that I was attracted to, hoping that maybe that would lead to something else. I didn't really know what to do with all of that. Those At that kind of age and stage, like high school and uh, I guess the first couple of years of junior high, or of, sorry, university, um, the female friends that I had around me were just kind of like, incidental to the groups i found myself in they weren't they weren't people that i intentionally sought out and thought hey you'd be really cool to have as a friend um an embarrassing really embarrassing admission on my part the friends group that i originally found myself in in my first year of university i asked out every girl in that group (laughs) each one of them said no Um, but we remained friends (laughs) Not super close, but, I mean, you know, we're all trying to figure ourselves out at that age. So, yeah, um, I never really started thinking again about friendship with people of a different gender than me till maybe around six or seven years ago. And kind of, like, as I was older and could start to think more about, like, what kind of influences had I received about this? Like, what kind of things were pushing me towards thinking in one way or another Um, you know, culture, gender, all of that sort of stuff. And I don't know, at some point I found myself seeking out friendships again with people of the opposite gender sorry, I don't want to say opposite gender people of a different gender than me for the value that they could contribute to my life I mean, I guess as I I, I got older I wanted to continue having friends that were not surface level, but um, for a little bit of time it was mostly men and yeah, and then I started thinking about, well, what am I missing in my life with regards to that? This is kind of a gradual process where um, I started meeting people who I really found had similar values with, people that I had similar interests in, people who um, I felt contributed to my life and the world, really, um, in a way that I loved and respected. And... Even if I found, myse- found myself thinking that these people were attractive, it stopped being a big deal whether or not they were. Like, it didn't matter. It just mattered that they were there. We mutually supported each other. Um, we encouraged each other. We really um, wanted to be in each other's lives in a meaningful way. And then stuff like Me Too came out and... Um, a lot of the conversation about, um, you know, women being like, what the fuck, guys? Why do you just befriend us and then try to fuck us? And then when we tell you no, you disappear. Like, what happened to friendship? And that got me thinking a bit more about it, too. So I really try to get, I, try to, I really try to understand now why it's so hard for a lot of men to have emotionally close platonic relationships with women. And instead of being like, oh, yeah, like incel bullshit, which, I mean, there is a lot of incel bullshit, but, <laughs> um, but really trying to, like, extend my lens of compassion to, well, why is this? Like, what is it about this that makes it difficult for so many people? Um, I mean, and I only know the male perspective, right? I'm sure um, some of the women who are coming up to speak can share from their own perspective if it's hard to have male-female friendships and what maybe influences them in that difficulty. Um, So, I have a lot of opinions about this, which I'm going to frame in semi-rhetorical questions to maybe consider. So, when's the last time you saw a TV show, movie, or read a book that had a close, connected relationship between a a man and a woman that didn't have one or both of them secretly harboring feelings for each other? How much harder it is for us to have these kinds of friendships when we never see examples of it? How many of us had friends of different genders in grade school? only to have adults tease us about dating or telling us that we will get married in the future or calling us studs slash heartbreakers? How many childhood friendships get sexualized and romanticized by adults? And what kind of influence does this have over our views of male-female relationships? How many of us grew up being told, either directly or indirectly, that male-female friendships represent a threat to your romantic relationship? How many people have reinforced this idea in their own relationships? And how many people have had or do currently have partners that reinforce this idea? And how many of us have justified our partner's belief about that? How many of us have received the message that friendship with women is a terrible consolation prize for becoming romantically involved with them? The dreaded friend zone. How many of us struggle to value the contribution of non related women in our lives that isn't sex or romance? How many of us believe that physical closeness with women, such as hugs, arms around shoulders, holding a hand, etc., cannot be platonic and has to be sexual in nature? That's a tough one. Like, I'm, I'm a really touchy-feely kind of dude. I like hugs from all sorts of people, from everybody who basically give me a hug, um, people of all genders. It's just how I like to relate. So, yeah, that's a, that's a hard one for me. Um, how many of us feel the pressure to have a romantic relationship when we are single? What kind of messages do we receive about being single, and how does that affect our relationships with people of other genders? What I'd like to leave you all with is a concept that I recently learned about um, called queer platonic relationships. Has anybody heard of this term before? Oh, this is great. I just learned it. and I'm so happy to share it with all of you. Um, So this term originated in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, It's particularly championed by people who identify as asexual or aromantic. Um, For those of you who don't know what that means, asexual people are people who feel no sexual desire, um, and not out of trauma. Let me just clarify, it's not because of trauma. Um, They just simply do not experience sexual desire for other people. Um, Aromantic people are people who don't have any interest in romantic relationships with other people. And you can be both aromantic and asexual at the same time, or you could be one or the other. A queer platonic relationship is one in which people are closer than friends, or what we might traditionally think of as friendship, but are also not romantically involved with each other or sexually involved with each other. From the outside, uh, a queer platonic relationship may appear to have many of the same qualities that a romantic relationship has. Um, Emotional closeness, intimacy, uh, commitment to that person, etc. Um, for some of the guys out there, you might understand this as a bromance. The thing that really struck me about this idea of queer platonic relationships is, what if all of our relationships were like that? How much fuller could our lives be if we had that kind of closeness with each person in our life, regardless of their gender and without all of the like expectations about sexuality and romance? That just, that's just a beautiful thought to me.
0: There is a second component to Wolfpack that I didn't get a chance to record. It's a discussion. And the whole reason of coming to Wolfpack is to hear some storytellers and be able to discuss with your table or with the people that are around you about what was going on in your head when you were hearing that storyteller. Now, I didn't record this because I wanted to keep the privacy of the people that showed up and also because I wanted to make sure that they have some vulnerable conversations without a microphone being stuck in there in their uh in their face but what i heard was that uh, a lot of people actually cling to the idea of uh having parents you know pair up a young child uh with another young child and say oh you're going to be girlfriends, you're going to be boyfriends you're going to be married together and that's something that was a running theme to the nights so I- i'm asking you have you ever had somebody maybe an adult maybe your parent try to pair you off with somebody else when you were young. I definitely remember I have had for sure. I had a neighbor when I lived in Chile that my parents thought I liked and because we would play together and she would call me and I was five years old at the time, maybe five or six. And my parents would bug me and say, oh, how how pretty she's become in her later years. And I even remember the weird awkwardness that I had when I saw her again 15 years later when I came back to Chile and I and I never really got over that awkwardness because of what my parents have said and that was strange to me because I felt I might have had a connection with this person even if it was just a platonic connection but I couldn't get away from that awkwardness it really disallowed me to just to be just to relax with this person I'm curious have you had something similar as well? Our next speaker was Jessica Sarchesky, who runs Ripple Effect here in Edmonton. Go check her out if you are in Edmonton. She runs some amazing events. Um, yeah, and she's uh, one of my good friends as well, too. So I'm so happy that she uh, stepped up to the plate to talk in Wolfpack. And she speaks specifically about the culture traps that we have had and wants to bring home a lesson to the people listening at Wolfpack and was about boundaries?
2: Hi, everyone. So um, I talk in front of people for a living. But as soon as you're adults, I feel like I'm going to barf. Uh, I talk in front of kids, I should say, for a living. And as, as soon as you turn 18, I'm like, <laughs> don't say anything stupid. So I'm actually not going to sit down because I have to like do this weird pacing thing for a little bit and then I'll feel good. But anyways, I hope that doesn't distract anyone. Um, Yeah, so my name's Jess. Herman asked me to talk, and I said yes, partly because this nervousness is something I just eventually need to get over, but also because I'm passionate about uh, this topic. Um, When he first asked me, I was like, I'm going to crush this. I'm so good at female-male relationships. Like, easy. I, like, sent him this paragraph on Instagram. He's like, well, no. uh, It's a little deeper than that. I'm like, oh, okay. So I started thinking about it. I'm going to tell you my life story. It's going to be, like, scribbly, and then hopefully at the end I'll have, uh, like, a conclusion for you. So I am the only girl on my mom's side of the family, like, cousin, brother. Like, I'm the only girl. My grandpa would say I was his favorite granddaughter. And I was like, thank you. I'm the only <laughs> one. <laughs> Um, But anyway, so just to give you context of how I grew up, I always grew up with guys. I felt like I fit in with them. Uh, They, like, made me go frog catching. And then it turned into me making them go frog catching. Um, Like, I just just always grew up with them. I was comfortable with them. I actually felt more uncomfortable, like, hanging out with girls because I didn't really get it. Like, playing Barbies was boring. I'm like, where's your Barbie mobile? I'm like, where's G.I. Joe? I don't know. What is this? (laughs) Um, yeah, so I, it was normal to me and like in elementary school, I don't really remember much, but I think it was normal. But what I do remember is when I started, you know, hitting puberty and going to junior high and I still had all of these male friendships and some of my male friends, they're still my friends. We've been friends since we were four years old. Like we have play school pictures together. It's, I think that's pretty special and also really funny, but so I never thought anything of it until we got to junior high. And my mom, it's funny, I had something totally different to talk about, but then you talked about how, like, society pressures you. No, it's good. Um, my mom started being like, oh, you know, Patrick, like, I think you guys are going to get married one day. And he's the, he's the guy I've been friends with since grade, or since we were four. And I'm like, ew, Patrick. Like, well, first, ew, marriage. But secondly, ew, Patrick. <laughs> and I was like, no, this isn't happening, no. And then we would always, Patrick and I and our other guy friends, they all had mopeds in junior high, so they'd come over to my house and we'd rip around on the mopeds. And all the girls hated me because they thought I had a moped, but I didn't. I just hung out with the guys who had mopeds. Um, And I just thought it was easier, A, because probably I was used to it, but B, like, there was no BS with guys. Like, we would fight maybe for, like, two minutes, um, and then it was over. With girls, especially starting in junior high, it was, like, this conniving... Like, I don't even know why you're mad at me, but you're mad at me, so okay. And I was just like, I don't want to do that. So we'd rip around on mopeds and play basketball. And my mom would try and get Patrick and I to be married. And then I remember grade nine. Um, I went to a Catholic school. Not that that has to do with anything, but I think that I, working in Catholic schools and public schools now, I see a difference in just, like, boundaries. So I remember distinctly my friend and I, he was giving me a piggyback And our principal came and yelled at me and told me to stop humping him in front of our friends. And I'm like, I see girls doing this all the time together in the schoolyard. Like, why is that okay? But as soon as I'm on a boy's back, I'm humping him. Also, humping, when you're in grade 9, that word, you do not want to hear it come out of your principal's mouth. So I was like, A, this is mortifying, and B, I wasn't humping him, and C, like... What about the girls? So that was, like, when things switched, I think. It was, like, really weird, and I thought, okay, I can't hang out with guys without us, like, having to date. I mean, my mom thinks I should date Patrick. My principal thinks I'm humping my friends. So, like, what do I do? Again, I still don't have a lot of girlfriends. So, like, what's happening? They all hate me. They think I have a moped, but I don't. So I get into high school, (laughs) I get into high school, and I think it perpetuated even more. Um, Like, I just felt like I couldn't meet guys unless I wanted to go on a date with them, which was also perpetuated by my mother. Like, who's Sean? Oh, who's that? Who's Colton? What he's doing? What's he doing? What's he picking up for? I'm like, I don't know. Like, we're going to a party. Oh, are you guys dating? No, I don't think so. I don't know. So yeah it's just funny that you say that um like the societal influences that i think made me switch things um so there's like a couple awkward years where i dated a bunch of not a bunch of people it's high school it's like in Ladue, like three people <laughs> so you date yeah i know just wait no i'm just kidding um I dated a couple of people and then we're like, this is weird. Like we're friends. And then I got a serious boyfriend and I feel like that's how I got my gripping again because I had purpose and intention. And I was like, this is my boyfriend. I like this person. Everyone else. If you're a male, you're just my friend. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that was boundaries that I was setting. And it was kind of like, if you're not cool with this, then don't be my friend because this is my boyfriend and he's older. So he's going to beat you up. Um, (laughs) just kidding. He probably wouldn't. I don't know. But, yeah, I reflect back on that. And that was boundaries I was setting. And I was telling people, if you're not cool with this, then don't come along for the ride. Um, but I had a lot of friends who were cool with it. And they were like, yeah, I don't want to date you. I realize that's your boyfriend. I'm like, okay, sick, great. Like, let's have a really fun time. And then, um, like, as I, we broke up and I started dating other people, um, those friends always came along with me. And it never changed. Patrick from age four, he's still my friend, and we're still not married. Um, yeah, I think that going into high school and going through that awkward junior high phase of society and then kind of catching my footing again really helped me because I still have those people in my life and they still come along with me. And then it helps me when I th- meet new people to be like, okay, what are my boundaries with this person? So It's funny, my brother's like three years younger than me, but like when we go out for dinner, I can't tell you how many times like the waiter or server, waitress, whatever you want to call them. I don't know what the proper word is now. Server. Yeah, I should know this. I've been serving forever. But um, how many times they thought we were on a date and you're like, ew, that's my brother. Like, no, this is weird. Why can't I go for dinner with my brother without people thinking that I'm dating him? Um... And then I caught myself, actually, has anyone seen Restored with the Fords? It's like on HGTV. So it's a brother-sister duo who like flip houses. But I caught my own bias watching that show. I'm like, this couple is really cool. Like, they are, they're great. They drive so well. And my fiance's like, they're brother and sister. And I was like, oh my God, I just did that. I just did what I hate. So even catching my own bias and like wondering why that come like where that came from is it because people did that to me I hated it but I'm still doing it is it coming from society like what's that coming from um, like I told you this is all the scribble and then I'll also talk about when I went traveling so I think that there's this underlying expectation that when you go traveling especially when you're single you party and the people that you meet you probably just hook up with and then that's why you're going traveling. But for me, that wasn't true either. I still carried on the platonic relationships throughout traveling. I met this guy named Morgan. We met like one night in Cambodia. We had a great time, like whatever, and platonically had a great time. And then we went our separate ways around Asia. And then we ended up meeting up in Europe, and we traveled for two months in Europe. And we went to Venice, which is like the romance city of the world. And we did all the romantic things, uh, romantic. So we did like the gondola ride together and we had a picnic in the park and we shared bottles of wine, but completely platonic. We actually don't know how to speak Italian at all, obviously. But we started saying like, oh, we're El Platonico because people were so confused by that, especially, I don't know, because we're traveling, we're single. Like, what do you mean? Why are you traveling together if you're not dating or if there's no attraction there? We're like, because we like each other, like, as human beings, so I don't know, like, it's fun, um, and then he actually came to Canada for Christmas one year, he's from Australia originally, and again, my family's like, oh, Morgan, (laughs) like, are you guys gonna get married, that'd be cool to date, or marry an Australian guy, because then you get two passports, and you could could just travel, and And I'm like, no, this is where this comes from. Okay, it's my family. But I'm like, no, we're just friends. Like, we're literally just friends. Um, so, yeah, this I feel like this is all over the map. But anyways... Um, when Herman first asked me to talk about this, I was going to talk about how my boyfriend in high school is still one of my best friends now and how we made that transition. But then I started thinking deeper about all of my friendships and what the underlying theme was. And I think that my theme is boundaries, like I kind of already hinted at. But if you look at everything I've done in my life, I had clear boundaries about it. Like, nope, this. Nope, that. Like, this is how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. The only time that it was confusing is when someone pushed their own boundaries on me, if that makes sense. So in junior high, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I think that's my conclusion is um, just boundaries in relationships and being able to uh, communicate them clearly and properly And then also just, like, respecting them Um, and honesty, too. (laughs) Like, if you are saying that that's what your boundary is, then that has to be your boundary. Um, I feel like sometimes, like you said, I'm going to hang out with these girls and see where it goes. I think that you need to tell them that. Um, Not you. You as like, a, a big thing. You know, you need to say, I'm going to hang out with you and see how this goes. Or, you know, like, I don't know, maybe there's something here. Like, let's see how it goes. Um, But on the flip side of that, if someone's like, no, we're just friends, you also need to be open about that. You can't just be, like, thinking that maybe something deeper is going to happen if you stick around long enough or if you're much of an emotional support or things like that. I don't know. I'm trailing off. But anyways, boundaries is my closing Um, remark for that. I hope that was okay.
0: Clear boundaries are super important. Some of the clearest signs that people have awkwardness around personal relationships is because of their lack of boundaries. And that also shows in how we know and learn consent. Boundaries in the story, as you can tell, helped Jess uh know about what's going on with her personal relationships and her personal friendships. And sometimes as she will, the way that she answers this question, that she had a question about boundaries, it sucks when sometimes those boundaries get enforced on you. But she had to learn that lesson as well.
2: I'll tell you a funny story that makes me not look that good. So my fiance now, actually, he set boundaries with me and I did not like it. So... Um, we met, like, a long time ago serving uh, in bars and whatever. And I had a boyfriend at the time. Not not my friend Colton boyfriend. Another boyfriend after that that I just, like, like to void from my memory. But <laughs> I can't. Um, but anyway, so I just, like, hated him and he hated me. And I don't know what we were doing. But anyways, um, I had like a breakdown to my now fiance, and I was like, I hate him. Like, I want to be with you. Kiss me. And he's like, no, we're friends. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, I'm always the one setting the boundaries. So like, what I say, like, why can't what I say go? Which is totally ridiculous, because if anyone would have said that to me, I would have lost my mind. So... But after that like he set a boundary with me and I think it was kind of like a oh okay like this is what people on the receiving end of what I say feel like and I think it was like sobering kind of cuz I was like I was always the one setting boundaries and then someone else was able to like level up and set it with me too and I think that really was like the ground for a lot of our relationship
0: So how can we know our boundaries? Well it has a lot to do with how we know our feelings, how we process them, how we react to them and honor them. This is usually attached to quote-unquote negative feelings like anger or sadness, which by the way, I don't don't like using the term negative or positive to refer to feelings, I, I really think that they're neutral, that they're just signals, they're something that your body is telling you. Joy and happiness and let's be real horniness are feelings too that we have to honor and respect. If there is attraction there, we have to learn to keep our boundaries and respect others as well. Learning to ask for consent and learning how to take no for an answer are going to be super important to learn. This episode of Modern Manhood is brought to you by Unit B Coworking. Unit B is a multi-company coworking space focused on helping people pursue their passions and making Edmonton its creative best. Join a tight knit group of freelancers, startups, and established organizations all dedicated to getting things done. Besides desks and office, Unit B offers members access to its podcasting studio and meeting spaces, as well as a kitchen, Wi Fi, and the usual amenities. It's located in the historic McKenney Building on 104th Street, close to everything in downtown, including the Bay LRT station. If you want to find out more about Unit B co working, go to unitb.ca and you can book a tour today. This episode of Modern Manhood is also brought to you by the Well Endowed Podcast and the Edmonton Community Foundation. On the latest episode of the Well Endowed Podcast, Chris Shang yan Phillips tells us about the Edmonton Radio Railway Society. Then they go to the Indigenous Career Fair to hear from inspiring speakers like Counselor Aaron Paquette, Brandy Morin, Kenton Boutelier, and Ramsey Mudrick. You can check out The Well Endowed Podcast at thewellendowedpodcast.com. That's, again, thewellendowedpodcast.com. Our last storyteller that night was Catherine McDonald, who is one of our volunteers at Men Edmonton and is also part of our working group to do Wolfpack. So it was an awesome and amazing pleasure to hear her speak. Give it up for Catherine.
4: Hello, everybody. Um, if you haven't met me, I'm Catherine. I'm one of like the organizers for Wolfpack, so kind of seen me probably around every once in a while if you have been to a Wolfpack before. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like it, you can let me know. If you don't like Wolfpack, you can just let me know nicely. Don't, um, me. don't <laughs> let me know. Just don't let me know at all. Um, yeah, my perspective's are, like, a little bit different because I grew up having pretty much 50-50 friends with females and friends with males. Um My, like, elementary school experience was lovely because it was 50-50. And I remember having, like, really dumb conversations um, at, like, 7 to 12 of, like, every year the girls would sit down and the guys would sit down. I don't know if the guys sat down, but the girls for sure sat down. And they were like, okay, there's four of us. There's four really cute boys. Who are you going to have a crush on this year and you're not allowed to switch? So, like, every year we, like, would have one crush and, like, we would not switch. And, like, that was our experience in elementary. So, like, no fights. But we each got to rotate every year through new crushes, so <laughs> that was kind of good. We each got an opportunity to like someone new and see what it run. None of them went anywhere, but um, I've like learned a lot, at least going through my entire life, going through elementary and like having a lot of different friends with males, crushes with males, and realizing that they didn't really go anywhere. But I really like just like hanging out with them. Um, but I remember as like junior high kind of hit, my friendships with guys kind of weren't the same. Um, There was a lot of pressure on us, like, okay, you are really friends with this guy, but he's dating your best friend, so why are you friends with him? Because he's already got a girlfriend. And it just kind of, like, created a lot of distance between us, and that's just kind of how it went up until high school, when eventually I just had no guy friends, because they all had girlfriends, and why would they need extra girls in their life? Because they already have a girlfriend. They already have a partner. So... That was my experience. But um, about a year ago, I just remember kind of thinking, like, I had this idea of, like, I had really good guy friends when I had them. So I just kind of want to have more because I always felt like something was a little bit missing because all the good times were really good when I had them. And then suddenly they were just gone. Um, I've always really liked having guys to chill out with and just hang with. Um a lot of the things that were kind of mentioned at my table actually was that it's just a lot easier sometimes to hang out with guys because you don't have to necessarily get into all the emotional like whatever's burdening you in life. You can legit just be like, Can I just come over and like have a beer and pretend I'm a bro and like watch you play video games or like ruin your halo streak or whatever you do? Like I don't know, but I just want to hang out and just do nothing and guys are always cool with that. Um but I didn't really have a whole lot of those going into like I'm twenty three now, so going from like eighteen to where I was now. Um So I met, my story starts with about November 2017, I met this one friend of mine, but we actually met on a dating app. So we started dating before we became friends, because the first date that we had was just so great. Like, we spent from it was about 5 p.m. up until 1 in the morning, just talking and nothing else. Just, like, chatting and, like, looking in each other's eyes and being, like, everything you have to say is, like, really cool. And I haven't actually talked with someone like this in a really long time. Maybe not ever. So this is kind of interesting. So we just kept that going. Um, But because we met on a dating app, it was just, like, well, now you're dating because you like spending time with each other. Um, You both think you have really interesting things to say. Obviously, you're attracted to each other. So now we're dating. And we never really like made it super official, but we would see each other a few times a week and have these conversations up until two, three in the morning, just because we really liked what each other had to say. And the friendship was pretty, pretty good. Um, After a few months of this, though, we were kind of like, okay, like, I like seeing you. You're attractive. We have a lot in common, but there just wasn't the spark. There just wasn't the thing there that made us be like, yeah, let's take this further. Like, let's commit to this. So we ended up breaking up. And right when we broke up was when I kind of had the feeling of like, this sucks. Like this friendship that I had with this person where I could talk about like life's burdens and we can support each other and be super close. And there was no judgment around us or anything. And it was just good. And there wasn't any like, why are you friends with him? Because he already has a girlfriend or anything like that. Um, I like lost that. And then, That was when I had that feeling of like, I kind of want more guy friends because I hadn't really made the connection, which is kind of funny, but I just never thought like this was just a really good friendship. But it just had a lot of pressure on us to kind of date, and that just didn't feel right. Um, So we broke up, and then we got back together as friends around August. And ironically, what made us really close is going to Wolfpack and then like talking about Wolfpack and like the things that we would talk about. in the months, we would talk about, like, together, him and I, for weeks and weeks. Um, That went really well. But, again, it kind of just became a thing where the things that made the friendship the hardest was the fact that now we weren't just, like, a male and a female trying to be friends, but we were also, like, a male and a female trying to be friends, but also we dated, so now we were also exes. And then also, like, it's not the friend zone, because, like, already slept together and it was just one of those things where it was like well where are you and like what's acceptable here and like what's not acceptable here Um, the thing that I found to be really interesting about it was that people would still kind of think like well you get along really well so why aren't you just dating and we're like well we already tried that like we don't like that Um, we didn't really agree with that and we like where we are kind of now and being able to see each other and have those conversations and do things together is what made our friendship really great and all of the physical intimacy, all of the, now we have to meet each other's friends and meet each other's family, and now we have to go to weddings together and do all these things, like, that was super uncomfortable. Um, Our friends liked each other, but we just didn't really feel like going to parties together and being like, this is my boyfriend. Like, that wasn't really a thing that was comfortable for us. Um, And I have a really good quote here um, about the friend zone, essentially. I think I might have had a bit of a harder time being just friends with this guy than he did because of the, like, friend zone kind of trope. Um, Because it was kind of a thing, like, why, like, why would I, or why would he sort of kind of need to be there? He was obviously there because he wanted to, um, because, you know, we had already apparently the pinnacle of like, a male-female friendship when you're looking at it through like a friend zone kind of lens is like, okay, you're friends, but it has to mean something and it has to go somewhere, and usually that end is like, sex. But we had already gone there, so now he was just here because he was nice and because he just like wanted to be a good friend. But now I was there because I obviously still had feelings for him, and it was a lot easier to hear him say no, we're just friends, and be like, yeah, that makes sense. That guy's probably telling the truth. And then me be like, no, we're just friends, and be like, she probably loves him. She's probably in love with him because, you know, it wasn't an evil wake-up. Obviously, she must have feelings for him. Um, And the idea of a friend zone, um, I don't like it. Not a lot of people like it, but specifically do not like it because I find that it kind of makes men seem very simple-minded in that friendships can only really be with the intention of like getting to sex. And then once you get there, that's kind of the peak of the relationship. And then you can decide what you wanna do after that because you've already conquered it. You've already done whatever you need to do um, to get the most you can out of this relationship with this person. Um, but as a woman, it's kind of like, okay, well, I just really liked the emotional closeness and I really liked the intimacy and I really liked having a good friend to talk to you, but none of that was like super valid. Um, after a breakup. Um, Also, um, for the friend zone, I also find that often it can be, like, if you're a person and now you are interested in someone of the opposite sex um, and it doesn't work out, now it's just a failed courtship. Now you're not able to be friends anymore. Now you kind of have to move on to the next person um, because ultimately that's kind of all that you were going for, if that kind of makes sense. I also ramble a lot. You can let me know if I'm making no sense. Um, yeah, I found that with my friend, yeah, our friendship basically was only a valid friendship if he said that it was a valid friendship, and not so much if I said that it was a valid friendship, and I find that a lot of that can also kind of go back to the feelings of, yeah, that friend zone, and just saying, like, if a man's kind of goal out of the end of the friendship is going to be ultimately sex, um, where is the women's voice kind of stay in that.
0: This story was great because it shows the fractured relationship that may happen because of, uh, you know, working with friendships between people who like each other. The friend zone trope, as Catherine mentions. One of the lessons of popular media gives us is that men and women can't be friends. Well, you know, let's go back to when Harry met Sally.
1: We are just going to be friends, okay? Great, friends. It's the best thing. You realize, of course, that we can never be friends. Why not? What I'm saying is, and this is not a come on in any way, shape, or form, is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. It's not true. I have a number of men friends and there is no sex involved. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I only think you do. You're saying I'm having sex with these men without my knowledge? No, what I'm saying is they all want to have sex with you. They do not. Do, too. They do not. Do, too. How do you know? Because no man can be friends with a woman that he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with her. So you're saying that a man can be friends with a woman he finds unattractive? No, you pretty much want to nail them, too. What if they don't want to have sex with you? doesn't matter, because the sex thing is already out there, so the friendship is ultimately doomed, and that is the end of the story. Well, I guess we're not going to be friends, then. Guess not. That's too bad. You were the only person that I knew in New York. Mr. John Staying over? Staying over? Yes. Would you like to have dinner? Just friends. I thought you didn't believe men and women could be friends. When did I say that? On the ride to New York. No, 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 I never said this. Yes, that's right. They can't be friends. Unless both of them are involved with other people, then they can. This is an amendment to the earlier rule. If the two people are in relationships, the pressure of possible involvement is lifted. That doesn't work either, because what happens then is the person you're involved with can't understand why you need to be friends with the person you're just friends with. Like it means something is missing from the relationship and why do you have to go outside to get it? Then when you say, no, 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 it's not true, nothing is missing from the relationship, the person you're involved with then accuses you of being secretly attracted to the person you're just friends with. Which you probably are, make them on. Who the hell are we kidding? Let's face it. Which brings us back to the early rule before the amendment, which is men and women can't be friends. So what does it leave us? Harry, oh.
0: Goodbye. This is also tried by these guys on the internet. Um, there was a, a popular YouTube clip that I, I remember watching way back in the then. And I remember like agreeing to this. And it's was like, yep, yep, this is the case. Um, but looking back on it now, I have a definitely a different viewpoint. So these guys uh, asked a bunch of college students in their university and asked them, can men and women be friends? And you'll hear different responses from from women women most of them said yes Uh, a lot of the men said no or like possibly not or there was some reason behind it then they asked the women if their close guy friend who they mentioned uh would want to sleep with them if they got the opportunity is what they said
1: of those guy friends do you think any of them secretly like you and be honest
4: probably yeah
1: do you think that guy is interested in you
4: yes Okay, maybe you can only be just friends in high school, because most guys won't just be my friend.
1: Would Dave hook up with you if if you gave him the chance? Well, yeah. Do you think Trevor liked you?
2: Yeah. I like, know he did. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> okay.
1: Would he hook up with you if you wanted to hook up? Yeah. So he likes you? hmm So what you're saying is men and women can't be friends?
3: No, we can be friends.
0: Now, the irony here with this response, because... In the end of it, they think of it as just like, Oh, we got them. You know, like this is the question that's gonna, that's going to destroy their argument. But (laughs) I think it kind of destroys the filmmaker's argument because this is not black and white. Men and women, you know, it's, this is like a lot of things in society. It's not, it's more complex than it actually is. You can be friends with somebody who you may find attractive. Why, why does sex always get in the way? We're not animals. We have the prefrontal cortex This gives us this meta-thinking, this ideal of complexity. So we can resist our animalistic instincts to have sex with everything that we find attractive. That seems pretty common sense, but for some reason, this is what this video is trying to prove, that we can't get away from that. Which I think, to me, is the major fallacy in this argument. If we believe in this weird black-and-white dichotomy that if we are attracted to someone, we can't be friends with them then that gives root to things like isolation and spitefulness to genders who will not be friends with you because you only see them as things to have sex with. Imagine living that life. And do you get where I'm going with this? Because this is the way that a lot of men objectify women. This is why a lot of men don't view women as formerly formed, complex human beings with emotions and fears, and worries, and doubts. This is where the insult movement came from. And this is why women have been telling us, begging us, to see that rape culture exists. I personally have a lot of female friends. How one of them is going to stand beside me in my groom's party when I get married. But I know I was caught into this thinking trap as well before. Like I said, I watched that video ages ago and I said, "Wow, that the well, that totally makes sense to me." and I felt it. and a lot of, I know a lot of men who get caught into this thinking trap as well, but then don't go out and kill women like Alex Munisan or Elliot Roger or countless of other men have. but can't you see where that sort of thinking gets you? like that's not a good, healthy way of thinking about other people. So my advice. Maybe I don't know if you want it or not. Make more friends. Obviously, easier said than done. But I would advise you, try it. Try making and thinking about people around all genders, think of them as fully formed human beings. Thinking of their worth beyond their looks, beyond your attraction, which may happen. And think of them like vulnerable and amazing companions. Don't hold yourself back because of dumb societal rules. You know, and come to Wolfpack and make some more friends there too. Thanks again for coming. This was fantastic. Hope you have a great night. Make sure you tip your servers. Make sure you say thank you to the Cartago staff. They uh, they had a great server and staff here. And uh, have a safe and wonderful night. Thank you so much, everyone. All episodes of Modern Manhood are archived at modernmanhood.org or you can just find us wherever you get your awesome podcast. If you want to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you find your awesome podcast, please do so. I would love to see more reviews and more ratings through Modern Manhood. That would be amazing. My name is Hernan Vijayegas and we'll see you next time on Modern Manhood.